0: Welcome back to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is Episode 6. And our special guest today is Craig Custance from The Athletic Detroit. He is the editor-in-chief, formerly of ESPN, uh, a native Detroiter. And uh, we are going to talk uh, NHL free agency, which begins uh, Saturday in earnest at noontime. So it used to be a big day, not so much anymore. But uh, anyway, let's bring Craig in. Craig, welcome to uh, the Red and White Authority. We really appreciate your time. We know you're busy, but before we get into free agency, what the heck is the Athletic Detroit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a good question. It's a fair question. It's a uh, it's a new sports media website and app. Uh, that's it's a subscription based. So uh, as soon as we turn off uh, turn on the paywall, which we really haven't done yet in Detroit, it'll it'll it's four or five bucks a month to to be able to read the stories. And the, it, it's a different model than the traditional media in that there's no ads on the site, completely clean. There's no pop-up, anything, no video. Uh, there's there's really no other stream of income other than what readers are supporting us with, and that's that's the subscription. And um, and so because of that, we have to write stuff that's different than the very traditional media outlets, and and um, and we're very conscious of that. So while I came up in the newspapers, and you write your game story and your notebook and the news of the day. Uh, We're really doing, we're heavy on analysis, we're heavy on analytics, we're heavy on film breakdown, um, kind of inside, uh, trying to use our connections to to get ahead of the story a little bit in terms of, let's say, who the Red Wings are signing and that that sort of thing. Um, But it it really has to be more complementary to the coverage in Detroit that's happening already versus trying to do the same thing of what they're doing
0: local staff plus do you have some national writers mm-hmm. that you draw on too
1: yeah so Detroit is the fourth city uh, in the athletic family started in Chicago went to Toronto Cleveland now Detroit uh, I, I mean we just launched two weeks ago so it's uh, I was staff number no, number one and we hired Katie Strang who we announced this week to do Tigers and she's gonna she's also got a, a lot of hockey background so she'll do some hockey she's the managing editor as well I mean we were we're you know an underdog startup, so we're you know we are we're all doing a little bit of everything. Um, I've got a, we're kind of putting the finishing touches on another hire that I'm really excited about. We're hopefully if we can get that done, that'll be announced in the next couple weeks. Um, just we're growing it out, and uh, yeah, so we'll have a that's our local staff, and and when you subscribe to the Athletic Detroit or Toronto, you have access to all the other riders as well. You just set it up in your app which which teams you want to follow, and it all flows right in.
0: I would imagine, are, are you going to try to have beat writers for the four majors, mm-hmm. and then are you going to look at, uh, well, sh- certainly Michigan probably first before Michigan yeah. State, right, Craig? <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Just, what, sorry, no. just a joke. <laughs> I
1: was looking at you, I'm like, well, no, we'll, we're going to do, do all of it. And, and, you know, the the order that it that it happens is really going to be, in terms of the hires, are going to be identifying the the correct writer. Right. So... Um, there's some beats where, I, where we're like, boy, it's, that person hasn't emerged in order. There's just not the obvious person that kind of fits what we're doing. And in terms of the, the hopefully our next announcement, it's like, oh, that, that guy's perfect for what they're doing. And and uh, so, yeah, but ultimately we're going to cover everything. We'll, all the pro sports, you know, Michigan State primarily on the college side, a little bit on Michigan. No, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do both colleges. And, you know, we've heard from readers that are like, we want – we want Western Michigan football, and we want college hockey. And what I tell people is, is pretty simple. We're gonna, we're gonna write what generate. It's these. This is a Silicon Valley company. These are, these are um, tech guys that are running this, and it's all data driven. And if there's a lot of subscriber c- demand, and if we write something about Western Michigan football, and it sells a lot of subscriptions, we're gonna write Western Michigan football. This is all gonna be driven by the consumer. Um, it's not some you know ivory tower. where We're just going to say, okay, this is the beats we're doing. It's going to be all driven by the fan and, and what they're reading and what they're demanding. You know, he
0: is a little odd and he is kind of busy. But Jim Harbaugh might be a good Michigan writer for
1: you. I think so? you think he'd do it. <laughs> yeah, I think he would. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the funny thing. I, it's kind of scary too. But uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard of him. I heard he's uh, a big name around here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it, it's going really well. I, I, like the. The one thing uh, you, you take a plunge, right? When you leave a company like ESPN, and I know, I mean, they've ESPN has its own issues, and I was, I, you know, watched as they laid off a million people, and it was scary for me to walk away from what I thought was a pretty, was a, it was my dream job when right. I got it. Like I thought I'd work at ESPN for the next two decades, right? And the, it, you know, and you've seen it. I mean, what's happening in our industry? It's almost like you're just trying to stay ahead of the curve and identify what the next trend is in survival mode. And I just was really sold when the Athletic came to me and said, here's the model and here's how it works. And here's how it's working in these other cities. I mean, these other cities, are they've only been added a year and they're just killing it. And Detroit, the response from Detroit fans has been unbelievable, quite honestly. I I didn't know what to expect. I you know I wasn't a presence in this market I had a more of a national voice so I didn't know if anyone in Detroit even cared would if I would weigh in on the Red Wings and it, the people that are paying for it um even while we're you know still kind of doing a trial free period has been unbelievable it's been really exciting
0: well best of luck on that
1: venture yeah, I know you.
0: I know it's growing uh you know obviously I've known you for years and uh, uh I, I I think what it really says is that even though it seems local content is being caught, whether regardless of the medium, there seems right. to be more syndication or whatever. People, especially in a market like Detroit, crave local coverage. Yeah they're all about Detroit. And so uh, I, I think that this is a, a great idea and I wish you nothing but the best and you know good luck with that. I and, I'm, and I'm that. sure that I, I'm sure from what you've already written, uh, and what I've seen from the athletic uh, Detroit, uh, it certainly gives a, a voice, a unique voice, and a little interesting stuff because you do dig underneath the story. So, yeah, uh, we
1: try to, right, right. And and so I would just say if, if this like appeals to you at all, we, the best way to consume it, in my opinion, is the app. Like I would go to the Apple Store or... Android or wherever you you get your apps, download it and scroll through. And we interact in the comment sections. Like we just we're just diving in. We're trying to create a community. And I think I just love the layout of the app. And that's that's how I would recommend people kind of dip their toes in it.
0: Right, and people that follow you, you've been posting your yeah and everything. Yeah, Twitter too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, Well, I guess a lot of the cynics out there in the Red Wing world would say that the Red Wings are kind of almost a startup uh, business at this point. Uh, uh, let's <laughs> uh, free agency <laughs> yeah. starts tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's been kind of rumored, it's out there that they would like to sign a couple of veteran defensemen. They would like to get maybe even a, a forward. Yet, the way the cap situation is, and the restricted free agents that they have to sign, primarily Thomas Tatar mm-hmm. or Tomash Tatar, Tomáš. Uh, uh, Andreas Athanasio, and Xavier Wallet. Uh, that there's just not enough money. Uh, what have you heard thus far about the Wings?
1: Uh, same thing that you're talking about. Uh, they're looking at veteran defensemen. My sense is that it's going to be Trevor Daly. Um, I mean, we don't know until the until the, the stores open. Is it noon? Yeah, uh, I July think it 1? is noon yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I always forget if it's midnight or noon. No, it's, <laughs> it's noon on July 1st. But, boy, the more people I talk to, the more they say, oh, yeah, it's going to be daily to, to Detroit. Um, and it'll be interesting to me to see what that... It, it, if it is Trevor Daly, um, who certainly fills a need uh, on the Red Wings' defense, it'll be interesting to see what the term is. To me, that's for a, a team like the Red Wings that are that that's that's trending younger or trying to work in more young talent. Um, I think you want to be careful there what you're giving an aging veteran, right? Regardless of who who it is they sign.
0: I would be under the impression if they sign him, they will sign him for a shorter term than maybe he would have gotten. But they will sign him; they will overpay for him,
1: which I think is fine. Like I, I'd rather them do that, spend a little money and keep it short term uh, versus extending that contract out. Because I mean, the reality is, if, if you look at the Red Wings cap situation, um, there's there's some there's some contracts there that, that aren't great, right? And you don't want to. If, if you're rebuilding and you're hoping to come out of this, let's say, in three years as a, with a different-looking team, you don't want some decision you made tomorrow to impact that.
0: No, you don't. And uh, Trevor Daly, uh, 33 years old, played 56 games last year, uh, had a total of 19 points, including five goals. He made $3.3 million. Uh, trying to guess, I would say that they probably have to pay him somewhere in the high fours maybe
1: yeah i would say they're not getting him at 3.3 3. that was a really nice contract i think it was yeah. dallas that signed that originally and what i'll say about trevor daly i was at the game in boston when he made his debut with the penguins if i'm remembering correctly it was a couple years ago he came over to trade with the chicago blackhawks was not a fit with joel quenville for whatever reason wasn't getting ice time with the blackhawks Came over to Pittsburgh, and really, not to overstate it, but he did, he transformed that defense. Like He was exactly what they needed in terms of a strong skating guy, can go get the puck, transition it back. They weren't getting hemmed in their own zone as much. That's a team that likes to play with speed with under Mike Sullivan, and they didn't have, you know aside from Chris Letang, uh, they were just too slow. They had a guy, I think it was Rob Scuderi, that was the trade. I mean, they had the, kind of the slower, more traditional defenseman, and Trevor Daly came in and gave that defense a jolt.
0: Well, in uh, 894 games played in this league with the Penguins, Blackhawks, and Stars, he has 278 points, 78 goals, 200 assists. He's a plus 22 and 580 penalty minutes. So, he sounds like what they need, a solid veteran who is certainly in your top four.
1: Yeah, I think I think you can comfortably say Trevor Daly's in your top four. And which, when we kind of go down the, uh, the UFA list, you can't really say that for everybody, right? Like... Another name that you've heard connected to Detroit, and I'm not sure this will happen, but is Dan Girardi? And right. boy, Dan Girardi, it, it's been a, it's been a tough go for the last couple of years. He's just a, he's a warrior that that played through a lot of injuries and has really slowed down. Um, but it sounds like in, in kind of having conversations around the league, it sounds like he's going to end up getting a multi year deal, um, or at least he's going to have his options. Um, there's a lot of interest, and I think people just like. Having a guy like Dan Girardi around, right? Like, that's that. He's kind of your ultimate warrior. But in terms of what the Red Wings need, I, I don't think he would be a great fit in Detroit.
0: Well, so. you know, it, it's interesting because if you look statistically, he's only 33. But when you talk about a lot of miles, uh, since his NHL debut, which was on January 27th in 2007, uh, he has led the league in block shots with mm-hmm. 1,691, and is fourth among defensemen in games at 788. So, as you said, he's had a lot of miles on him. He's a warrior, and as we know, guys who block shots are never healthy. They're just no. not because they're 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 they're, conti- they're always bruised up. Well, so.
1: and guys who block shots tend to. Be on the wrong side of the ice too often, right? Like that, I, I, I think it's <laughs> a good point. it's a red flag for me. If if you're signing <laughs> a guy that leads a league in block shots, you're like, boy, uh, how come? When is he ever playing in the offensive zone, right? So. <laughs> I if I'm the Red Wings, I'm I like Trevor Daley because that's a guy that's that's transitioning the puck and you're getting it up the ice.
0: And that's what um, they
1: need. I, not a guy that's sitting back blocking shots.
0: Well, you know, now his agent would say, well, yeah, Craig, but you know, <laughs> I, know. Uh, I hope his he's agent is listening. He's a steady stay-at-home defenseman. <laughs> I know.
1: I you know what? I, and that's that's the argument, right? And I don't have a lot of time at at this point in the NHL. First, the steady stay-at-home defenseman. I just don't like. I I, I think it's a fast game. <laughs> And, I, and I, I want to get the puck out of the D zone as fast as possible.
0: I don't know. what I, I must have t- t- taken, like, I think I'm funny today pill or something because <laughs> I think a lot of Red Week fans would like to see their defensive core just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting that, they're, <laughs> that they have to address this because um, if you look at that D, like, I mean, I don't know how far we want to go down this rabbit hole, but how many of those guys are top four defensemen in the NHL right now? And I don't know if this is an issue they can fix in one day in free agency. And and I think if they're really truly trying to put together a team that can make the playoffs this season, which seems to be what Ken Holland wants to do, I think if you're signing Trevor Daly, that's a nice start. But I think there still has to be another move to be done to add another top four. I think it has to come via trade.
0: Well, certainly, and I, you know, and that's the problem because of some of the contracts that they have and the term that they've given these guys. I think nobody, even around the league, if you talk to them, then it's not so much how much money they're paying these players. Yeah. It's for the length that they're paying sure. these players. And uh, term seems to be an issue in whether you can move or cannot move guys. Uh, one guy that uh, Red Wing fans keep asking me about who's intriguing is Michael Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh. I would think that where the Red Wings are right now, that perhaps Michael Stone, as a younger man, might look somewhere else.
1: Yeah, probably. He he really struggled last year in Arizona. Um, I think there was some in injury issues, but I can tell you, Calgary traded for him at the deadline, and was really happy with with his his production, the way he played. Um, I, I want to say the record with him in the lineup was ridiculous. Like I I just remember seeing that. I'm not sure that's a fit. You know who I'm, I'm I, I would be curious. To see if he would sign a one-year deal um, just to get a buy-low candidate in Dmitry Kulikov from Buffalo, because he was horrible last year. Uh, back injury, slow, really slowed him down, struggled all year, had a concussion at the end of the year. Wasn't good. Like There's no way to paint that well. Like Buffalo fans probably don't like Dmitry Kulikov right now. But I think if you can get him on a one-year deal, maybe that's a buy-low candidate who turns it around, because he's still relatively young. I don't know if you have the ages there, but... Dmitry Kulikov is a guy that we've been talking about forever. He's 26. He's 26 years old, so maybe you get him on a one-year deal um, on the cheap, and at the very worst, if things aren't going well in Detroit, you flip him at the, the trade deadline for uh, a draft pick or two. Because that's a guy like that's some like teams like having him around if he's healthy. So I, I, I think he would be worth a flyer if you're getting him uh, really on, the sh- on a short-term deal
0: couple of other veterans that have been mentioned as possible, Detroit targets, uh, Ron uh, Hainsey, uh, and also uh, Brian Campbell, of all things, although I think he's pining uh, for Chicago and doesn't want to, that's the only team he really wants to play for. Uh, Let's be honest, a guy like Shattenkirk, who Stevie might go after, um, Alsner, these are guys that Detroit really has no interest in because they're just not in that position at this no, point. No, they
1: have no, there's no reason for them to get into the Carl Alsner market right now. <laughs> right. Like he's not going to, he, because he's going to be expensive, he's going to have term, and I'll say this about Carl Alsner, and again, I hope his agent isn't listening, but he, uh, he 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 was out of the lineup with the Capitals, and Nate Schmidt came, drew into the lineup, and might have been the Capitals' best, best defenseman. Alsner gets healthy, and and couldn't work his way back into the lineup for a while. It took to, and and it, maybe that was more a reflection of Nate Schmidt and the Capitals' defense. But um, I boy, like, are you? I wouldn't be firing a bunch of money in turn for a guy that was fighting to his way back into the lineup as recently as this last postseason. So, I mean, I love I like Carl Alzner, one of the great guys in the game. Um, it sounds like Winnipeg is is making a push. Montreal is in on that. I know there was talk of him going to Vegas for a visit, um, and Vancouver, if I remember correctly, is a, for a visit. So there's a ton of interest in him, but you're right. Guys like that make zero sense for the Red Wings.
0: Shattenkirk is interesting from the standpoint of Red Wing fans are very familiar with him during his days in St. Louis, certainly when they were in the same division, saw him a lot. Uh, He goes to Washington. It's not bad for the Capitals by any stretch of the imagination. Yet, uh, Washington had a chance to deal with him, and he's decided maybe to go through free agency. What happened there, and where do you see him eventually landing?
1: Uh, He's an interesting one. What happened there was... They traded for him. Um, I, I don't think there was ever any way he was going to stay in Washington. Their their cap situation was too tight. Uh, it just wasn't going to fit. And Kevin Chattenkirk has waited this long to get to the free agency market. You don't typically guys get this close. They're not going to sign, right? And. and um, but he's an interesting one. You mentioned Tampa Bay as a potential fit. Um, New Jersey is going to make a play for Kevin Shattenkirk. I, I don't know if that's somewhere he wants to go. Of course, the name you always hear, or the team you always hear connected to him because he's from the area, the New York Rangers. They cleared up some cap space, uh, signed Brendan Smith. But I think that, that of course, he, he would I would put them uh, on the finalists. I think a wild card could be the Dallas Stars. Uh, they've got a ton of defensemen, but a guy like him could plug in. And I know Jim Nils being pretty aggressive in terms of getting that team back to where he he wants it to be. I think that maybe they're a wild card. Um, But yeah, I I think he's he's the best in the market. It just wasn't going to work in Washington just because of money. Before he was traded to the Rangers,
0: Brendan Smith was in his stall at the Joe Louis Arena talking to all the media like he usually did. Very uh, gregarious and affable young man. And he... uh, he said, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here. So there was some hope among the Red Wing faithful that maybe he would come back to Detroit. It is so much so that the rumor mill was saying that Detroit already had a deal in place by the <laughs> time they traded him to the Rangers, which of course You always that hear happen.
1: that. It never works out, right? right, right. No, yeah, it doesn't.
0: Yeah. No, it really doesn't. Uh, signs with the Rangers, four years, $4.35 mm-hmm. million, I think. Uh, surprised by that. Uh, because again, here's a guy who waited to be, a, an un- he yeah. was close to an unrestricted free sure. agent, or let's be honest we are talking about Brendan Smith, as great a person as he is, that's a pretty good contract for him.
1: Yeah, it is, but he was good for them, I mean, uh, we were talking earlier, I, at times he might have been their best defenseman in the playoffs, I mean, outside of McDonough, I just I, I, he he seemed to fit really well into, into there, I think sometimes uh, a change of scenery can, can do well for a guy, but like It'll be interesting because, let's say it is Trevor Daly, it'll be interesting to see how that stacks up to what Brennan Smith got, right? Like, if that was the guy they're replacing. Um, But, yeah, I think it was a great fit for him in in New York, and and I'm glad they were able to make it work. Well, it looks
0: like we're saying, although we're not saying, that it looks like Daly's headed for the the red and white, that he's going to be a Red Wing. Yeah. I know through my conversations with people in the Red Wing uh, organization Mm -hmm. that – that they want to sign another veteran defenseman, if possible. Uh, who do you think that's going to be? I know I, I mentioned Hainsey. I, I mentioned Brian Campbell, a guy whose name I certainly love, Johnny Oduya. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but uh, do you think it's possible that there are, tomorrow, sometime tomorrow, maybe daily goes right at noontime, yeah, you know? Right.
1: And, then, it's... and, and then,
0: then we're going to sit there and wait. And the Red Wings have a habit sometimes, we may be waiting for a while before this second guy is signed, just to see how the market sort of settles.
1: Right. If they do it, I, you know, for the sake of their cap structure and the names you're throwing around, I hope it's a short-term deal for not much money. And, and they just, daily is not going to be cheap if it is daily. So, um, it, it, it would have to be a kind of a bargain basement deal. And I, and you know, Ron Haines, he's an interesting name. I, you know, let's say he's your six. He's coming off a Stanley Cup. I don't know if he's doing a one-year deal. I, I don't have a great sense for that. So, um, it's it's a debate because are you are you if you do sign that second one, are you blocking the path of a younger defenseman? Are you maybe um, creating less urgency to make a trade, which I still think they should do uh, for a defenseman? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure either. I I know that Hainsy is 36. Um, he was second in ice time, uh, for the Penguins this season at 21 minutes and six seconds. Uh, he, uh, a
1: lot of that was injury driven. I right. Mean, well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, they, they really, they weren't counting on him pretty much, in, but they had to count on him. You know, yeah. the, the Pittsburgh defense story, as much as they're hated here in Detroit, the Penguins and rightly so, uh, that, uh, uh. You know, what they did with their defensive core and winning a Stanley
1: Cup is crazy. That D had no business winning a Stanley Cup. No. Like, there's no – uh, I think it's a, a credit to, to Mike Sullivan. And I would watch – I covered them right until the Eastern Conference Final pretty much daily. And I would watch – they practice a lot. So there's some teams in the playoffs, Chicago, for example, they won't practice at all. Joel Quenville's a rest-is-a-weapon kind of guy. So right. he, he gives the guys a day off. Mike Sullivan didn't have that. He was tweaking the system, basically trying to make adjustments on a daily basis because that D, they would get hemmed in at times, and they had to they had to constantly stay one step ahead. and And I think you're right. That's probably one of the more underappreciated parts of the the Penguins' win was they did it with that defense.
0: Well, we'll have to wait and see. We're not really sure. Uh, there will be candidates to choose from if they do sign daily to see which defenseman will come here. It'll probably be. Uh, much of the chagrin of some fans, uh, an aging veteran, but uh, somebody that that can play, and certainly the Red Wings believe will be an upgrade to to what they have already.
1: Yeah, which <laughs> which may be an indictment, right, on some level.
0: Well, it, it, it could be, you know, yeah. and, and it's too sad. I mean, Nicholas Cromwell, as we all know, is is giving it his best, but yeah. his knee
1: is just—he's on one leg, right? Like there's uh, Nicholas Cromwell is. He has more heart than anybody in the league. In the fact that he's trying to make it go of it, considering considering the what he's dealing with injury wise, I don't think people realize um, what he what he's going through. And this isn't like I'm not I am certainly not criticizing Nicholas Cronwall, who is doing everything possible. But the reality is, he's he's not healthy, right? He's he's not the Nicholas Cronwall that we've seen in the city for years. And um, you know, Jonathan Erickson. I, mean, I, I don't know what to do with him. Bottom pair guy, right? And Mike Green, uh, who I like, power play guy. But Mike Green, whatever, even the year before the Red Wings signed him, was playing on the third pair in Washington. Like these, I, th- I like Danny De in a top four. I think Danny De slotted the right way, can have a, a bounce back year if, if surrounded by the right defenseman. But yeah, there's. I mean, they they got some work to do there.
0: Well, sure. they certainly do. And and if you look down at the. Uh, uh, at Grand Rapids, I know when they won the Calder Cup, you know people are thinking that you know the the Holy Grail is down there uh, in Grand yeah. Rapids for Detroit. And unfortunately, they have some they have they have NHL caliber talent. Is it high end caliber talent? That really remains to be seen. And, and you know right. the the one defenseman that I like. I, I let's put it this way: if Dylan McElrath had some speed, some foot speed, or something. He'd be in the NHL. I mean, right. He's a number one pick, tenth overall by the Rangers. But he just signed for two years. Maybe you know, maybe Apparently he's a late bloomer. He was Bloomberg. really good too for Right, he was. Yeah, well, yeah. he you know, he's you know he he's starting to get it. He was a wild child at one point. He's yeah. You know, he's twenty six, twenty seven now. Thinking, hey, you know, the, the window of opportunity might be closing on me. I like Joe Hicketts a lot. What? You know, here's a guy that is no taller than Craig and myself. Not that we're short, but let's just put it yeah. this way. You know, this is a guy that could, you know, is NHL caliber. Size has always been an issue, and he's always defied the odds. And it was yeah. a rookie for Grand Rapids, so. There could be some help down there, but Red Wing fans the elixir really probably is not in grand Rapids
1: no I would say i agree with you I think Joe Hicketts is the the wild card and and I, i'm I'm less concerned about size than maybe other people i we, I've seen it in the NHL like you don't need the big hawking defenseman you just have to be able to skate and skate the puck out of trouble and uh, he i think he's he's the one I, I'm curious to see like i it, he's i get asked about him a lot I, I i know i don't know a ton about him quite frankly just having covered the whole league and i'm I'm curious to kind of drill down to to see him to see if he, is if there's a possibility he could be close uh, or to be ready because the reality is they didn't they didn't dive into addressing the defense until the last couple drafts right and right and those defensemen typically take three or four years so. The cavalry may uh, on defense for the red wings may still be a couple years out in terms of the prospects
0: right and hence that's why you're signing maybe a couple and that's why of, you're it's signing like a
1: bunch of, it's just like veterans, a veteran right? yeah
0: yeah they're tourniquets you know right. yeah, they're trying to stop the bleeding right now on the blue line and yeah. uh, uh, the 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 fellas that they might be looking at two three years down the road are two or three years down the road they're yeah. just not ready
1: right and and, and you know that's fine and it's better than rushing those guys um, but I will say like I, one of the most interesting comments and I gosh I, I it might have been Jeff Blashill or Tyler Wright at the at the draft and it might have even been your question kind of alluding to um the days of overdeveloping these guys um might be going away and I think that was an important statement and I I don't know if you wrote anything on it or I I've been thinking I've been kind of like kicking around um writing on that because the Red Wings have been known for years for for developing 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 guys having to push their way into the lineup And this is a young person's league now. And and we're learning the prime of a player. The prime age is 22 to 25. Like that range, you're going to get the best years out of your players. Well, if he's in the HL till 24, that's a problem.
0: Well, you're right. And and Tyler Wright did say that. Was it
1: Tyler Wright? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, And and you're right. It was on the floor. And maybe I did or maybe I didn't ask the question. I think I did. But anyway, (laughs) no. But when I – uh, but what he said was interesting because we had not heard that you know, we, yeah we always heard the overripe adage, but he did say the problem it 's a delicate balance, and we had Tyler on our, on our podcast, I believe it was uh, our our last uh, uh, no it was episode four. Craig Button was on episode five uh, where he said you don 't want to and I think he also said this down on the floor at the United Center, you want to bring somebody up, but if they 're not ready. You could shatter their confidence for their entire career, so you've got to really, really know he that. He said that player. happened
1: to him on some level, like right? He did. He, he said did say that, that, yes. He was living proof of that. Um,
0: he had to go to another organization to turn it around right. in his
1: mind. I, and I know that's always the answer to this. In the, I, I just think that's a little bit. And look, Tyler Wright has forgotten more hockey than I know, so I'm not being right. critical here. But I, I, I think it's a little bit of an old fashioned mindset. And I, I watch the kids come into the league now at. 19 and tw- there's so they, they've played so many international tournaments there's so, they go onto the big stage and they don't even blink an eye like these kids are ready faster now they've, they've they've had skills coaching since they were 12 and they're it's it's a different breed of kid that's coming into the league now than there than it was five or ten years ago I really and it's a different culture in the dressing room that they're walking into and and younger players are expected to contribute and. Without even getting into the financial side, where if you're if you're trying to compete in a cap system, you have to have a few guys on entry level deals, contributing, or else or else your salary structure's messed up. So, I think you have to play them younger than what they have been doing in Detroit.
0: Well, and and I, I think also that they they are going to play them younger. I mean, I, I think I think that they're at a situation now with this club where they the it is going to be baptism under fire. And the one thing that Jeff Blaschel said. All during last season, which I always like. If we're bringing somebody up, we're going to play them. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have them just sit on the bench. Right. And, and and let's see, you know, let's see what they can do. Uh, let's quickly turn to uh, to the forwards, uh, Craig. Uh, Thomas Vanek.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he he wanted to stay. The Red Wings wanted to stay, but you know, they get a, a third round pick from Florida for him. He's gone. The you know conventional wisdom, although I do hate that expression, was well, he's going to come back, kind of like Brendan Smith. Everybody's going to come back to Detroit. You know, all roads lead back to the Red Wings. Uh, Red Wings have made some preliminary uh, talks with him, but if their priority are two veteran defensemen, the likelihood of Thomas Vanek coming back to Detroit is almost nil, right? Yeah,
1: I didn't sense um, it being a real strong possibility when I made some calls on Thomas Vanek. It was the two sides of touch base. Uh, Let's circle back at some point maybe, but it wasn't like, Thomas Vanek was priority number one for the Red Wings. and and uh, But I, I do know this. Thomas Vanek liked playing here. Thomas Vanek added a, a, a level of skill. You talk about are there elite players. He had an elite skill level that maybe this team doesn't have on some level. And, and I know he has his defensive deficiencies. He's got his issues. He's got his warts. But um, he can do stuff on the ice that other players can't. So I can see where for the absolute right price – Maybe that's an option, but, boy, I I didn't sense a ton of interest.
0: When the Red Wings uh, got a third-round pick from Chicago for Thomas Yurko, which people were shaking their heads at, thinking, wow, that's that's a pretty good deal for Detroit. The assumption was that, wow, Vanek's the number one. They're going to get a number one for Thomas Vanek. uh, They had kind of trouble actually moving him at the trade deadline a little bit. I mean, should they have gotten more than a third, or is it more reputation why they got a third than the actual player that he is?
1: Um... He's a winger, first of all. So the, the guys that are getting premiums at the uh, – and we're talking – about you, you mentioned Yuriko, like, those are apples and oranges. That's a younger player. Right, who's, right, right. It's cost-controlled for a team in Chicago that needs those kind of players. So it's a different animal altogether. Um, Vanek, it, traditionally at the trade deadline, the guys that get the premium are the centermen. So Mar- Martin Hansel gets a big return. It's the defenseman, Kevin Schattenkirk. Wingers, those are, the, those are, like, second- and third-round picks. And Thomas Vanek, what I try to tell fans in Detroit – um, to temper their expectations, Thomas Vanek, when he was peak Thomas Vanek at the trade down deadline, only got a second. If you remember, it was the Islanders sent up to Montreal right. a second and a prospect. I want to say, and that's when Vanek was Vanek, right? Like that's when he was 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 kind of at the top of his game. So you know, a little bit older Thomas Vanek, that you know, I thought the third. I, that's a that's about that that return is what we thought it should be. I thought. Any forward that you
0: see the Red Wings delving into, uh, and and maybe at least making a strong pitch to.
1: I I don't have a great sense for the forwards. I don't know. You know the wild card could be, and we're running out of time on this front. But uh, you know I had conversations with people, not necessarily specific about the Red Wings, but saying look if there's a trade made, maybe that creates an opening. So let's say they do trade one of their younger wingers or something to. To acquire a defenseman, and really the clock would be ticking on that. Um, then maybe they dive into the Verbata market or something like that. But I don't, I don't know. I, the one thing I suggested this week on the Athletic was a guy like Mikhail Grigorenko, who wasn't um, didn't get a qualify offer uh, QO from the Colorado Avalanche. Still 23 years old, was the number I want to say 11 or 12 overall pick, in I think it was the Yakupov draft draft. Skill, I mean, it's just oozes skill, but has played on two awful teams, like horrible teams, right? right? So he he he's break, he breaks into the league while the Sabres are just tanking and putting up 50-point seasons. Gets traded to Colorado. Colorado's horrible last year. It's just a bad environment for a, a, a kid with skill to break into the league, and... Um, and the Red Wings, you know, they've, they've had luck in the past maybe giving a guy on his third team. And I called Dan Cleary to talk to him about it because he, he was oh, an yeah, example definitely. of a guy that was a first-round pick. You walk into the room, and Henrik Zetterberg pulls you aside and says, okay, this is how you have to do things if you want to succeed. I'm like, why not take a one-year flyer on that guy? Now, he's again, he's got issues. Not a great skater. Um, the, the phrase that a scout texted me was awesome. He said something like, it was something about his compete level. I'll have to go back and read it, but it was a really funny line. Like, doesn't doesn't battle, right? And right. And, um, and I, I know the Red Wings, and you saw how they drafted. Like, that seems to be a priority is guys that can win battles in the corner. They, they wanted a little more, more jam on their team. So bringing this guy in doesn't fit that necessity. But I just think it's a flyer you take on a high-end skill guy. Great passer. Um, big centerman. Wins faceoffs. His, his faceoff percentage is really strong. If you get them on a one-year deal and if it doesn't work, who cares, right? Right.
0: Well, it's t- t- much like Vanek. It's uh, high reward, low risk. If you really look
1: at it, if the you Red can Wings do weren't paying. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: they, they didn't pay him much, and that goes back to my theory. Let me run this by you. All right. People are going, oh, geez, you know, veteran defenseman. You know, everyone wants bring up the kids, bring up the kids. Yeah. You know, we, we don't care if the Red Wings go back to the days when I was younger, when they were getting four had forty point seasons. And I mean, forty point yeah. seasons. Uh, yeah. You don't want that. You know, you really don't. I mean, that's that's just miserable if you're high fan if your team's struggling like that. But let's say this. They acquire Trevor Daly, another veteran defenseman. Uh, They have Mike Green. Mm -hmm. The 2018 draft is supposed to be extremely deep. They already have nine picks. Yeah, that it's a good de- draft. Depending on where they're, you know, and, you know, and they want to make the playoffs. We know that that's their uh, uh, their mantra, you know, we're, we're playoffs, playoffs. You know, anything can happen. Nashville was seeded number eight, and look what happened to them. I get that. I understand it. L.A. won the Cup a few years back right, as an right, eight right. seed. I understand all that. Okay. But if they're not playoff bound, maybe they won't be, that – they trade all these guys. Yeah. They they vanic them. You know, yeah. I mean, the vanic philosophy. We have them. Mike Green's moved. Trevor Daly's moved. And you know, if we can move one of our contracts with long term, perhaps if if somebody really rebounds and has a pretty good right. year, because the whole team basically had bad years last year. Talking about the Red Wings, that maybe their philosophy is we're signing them to move them at the deadline to acquire more. Players. I don't mind
1: that. If that's the philosophy, I just want to see the number. Like don't bring in Dan Girardi at three times three and say we're going to flip him at the deadline. Like, that doesn't work. No, no. Um, no, it have to be short-term. It has to be a one-year deal yeah. that, that you can retain some money on or whatever. I, like, I think that works for that second defenseman. I think it works for Mike Green. I don't know if you're flipping Trevor Daly at the deadline, just because if he has... Whatever the again, we have to see the contract, and we're making lots of assumptions here on who's going to be signed. (laughs) That's what we do. That's (laughs) what we love. But if you look at the trade deadline, nobody was like. I have to think back. Like, who was traded that had another year left on their deal? Like, typically, it's it's expiring contracts. So I think your theory works with Mike Green. I think your theory works with maybe the second defenseman they sign, whoever that may be, Um, and. Um, but it's it's really hard to move anybody with term.
0: Well, I, I would assume that if, if Daly, and depending on what the term is, I, I think they are signing him for long term future. Unless, unless you know the the bottom really you know yeah. drops on the Red Wings next year, and Trevor Daly's having a good year, but they say you know what we we got to go massive rebuild here. Uh, let's at least put out feelers. But yeah, yeah. you need somebody who who is a uh, a staple of the blue line, and that staple could be Trevor Daly.
1: Yeah. Well, and, I mean, they need him and four others. Well, yeah, well, we know that. <laughs> we, we know, we're we trying to be optimistic here. Oh, sorry, sorry,
0: sorry. Yes, yeah. He, can, he, yeah, can, he,
1: yeah. he would not... be a piece that is, is, I mean, he was good. Like, I, and I can tell you, again, like, Tr- Trevor Daly got hurt in the Capital Series. The Penguins D, was, they got so hemmed in without Trevor Daly, and he gets plugged back in. He's a difference maker. I, like, I, I like Trevor Daly. I just want to make sure the numbers are there.
0: And I would assume that some of the young forwards, and – Obviously, Zetterberg would thrives in any situation, but if you have a guy that can get them the puck, yeah, they're that much better, right? You know, so that I mean, it 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 makes sense that you need somebody who's established themselves in the league, like Trevor Daly, who has some offensive upside and can make that first pass out of his
1: zone. Nope, I and and he can do that, and I and you're right, it it's going to help the young forwards. they're not going to be defending as much like that's the simple thing like if you're getting the, the puck with speed going into the offensive zone because your defenseman set all that up that's that that's a big difference and imagine Larkin or you or those guys getting a pass from Trevor Daly on kind of a fast breakout like that's there's some potential there
0: no there certainly is uh, uh we have really talked excessively about the Red Wings. Uh, anything tomorrow that surprises you or anything, player movement or, or, or what's happened? Uh, a couple of days ago, Connor McDavid was on the verge of signing an eight-year contract with the Edmonton Oilers, and then that kind of went by the wayside, it right. seems like. Well, that'll get
1: done. That's, that's a, so that, they can't announce that officially till after July 1st, right? So, right. So yeah there's I mean there's lots of stuff to follow there's um cuz because we haven't talked about about the trade market Matt Duchesne's going to get traded at some point. Right
0: right you know when you but brought we don't, Colorado you know, up yeah we're going
1: to ask you. There so that'll be interesting I keep hearing Nashville connected to him pretty heavily. Um Columbus maybe making a play on a top 6 forward I, you know it's I think there's going to be some really interesting trade options. I I you know I I would hope for the sake of the Red Wings. I mean that's an opportunity to to get into that market because if you can get a defenseman that's that's a game changer for this for this team
0: july 1st was always kind of almost christmas day at yeah. times for the red wings i mean you know so much so that ken Holland's like at a total gas station and gets a call from marion Hossa's agency <laughs> he wants to play for you yeah. you know i mean people always look forward to it now it's almost a trade deadline is is almost in, in a hard cap league i, right. I think I mean, everyone's getting their signing all their best players What has the 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 restricted or unrestricted free agent day become? I mean, you know, it used to be something that I know that we both lived for. Right now, I sort of watch it, and a lot of times it's just and even on the trade deadline day, you're watching, you know, the NHL network, and these guys are filling eight nine hours because nothing's really going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's become the day where GMs end up making a lot of mistakes because. (laughs) It's the reality of it, right? Because you, it's the only day you can add to your roster without giving up anything. So there's always this temptation to make a splash, and and if you want to get better, you have to do it, and you just almost have to plug your nose and do it. But even like you look at some of the contracts last year, they immediately become cost prohibitive, and I, I think of the David Backus deal in right. Boston, Andrew Ladd uh, on the Islanders. Like almost immediately, you're like, boy, that Milan Lucic, that's that's going to be an issue for the Oilers at some point. But those are, those are teams trying to win now. The Oilers, you know, they'll, they'll happily take a bad Lucic contract if they have a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. So if you want to be in the game, you have to pay those prices.
0: We have a huge um, Canadian following um, here on the Red and White Authority. Half of them are Red Wing fans. Half of them are Leaf fans. If you listen to, to the Toronto hockey press, who virtually make up stuff, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs>
0: but if you listen to them, the Leafs are, all roads like all roads lead to the Red Wings, all roads lead back to the Leafs. Yeah. They're gonna trade, they're in Duchesne. they're they're every name imaginable, you know, they are, you know, they are definitely linked to. Yeah. Uh you know, we you know, we all know Brendan Shanahan, he's a pretty astute guy. I, I I'm sure that you know he just lets him, you know, yeah, sure, sure, go say whatever you right, want. Right. Lou lamarillo, as we know, is pretty uh pretty level headed man. Babcock, as we know, is you know kind of high, strong, but you know pretty smart.
1: Yeah, Toronto doing anything? Toronto's interesting because I think that's a team on the cusp of greatness. Like not to oh I yeah, mean,
0: with all those rookies,
1: they're they're going to be really good. And um, the 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 name, and we'll see how this plays out. But you have heard Toronto connected to Joe Thornton, right, maybe right. Patrick Marleau, Um and just imagine Joe Thornton going there, who I'm sure Mike Babcock is doing is if they are truly interested in Joe Thornton, and I believe they are, you know Mike's, I mean, he knows Joe well from the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Like, you you know he's putting the full court press, right? If that's the guy they've identified. Um, so that's the one, I think the, the shark situation is one I'm going to be following closely tomorrow, just from a national perspective. but Because I think ultimately those guys would weigh not way, but they would rather stay in San Jose. But Joe Thornton wants to play with, in San Jose with Patrick Marlowe, and I'm not sure the sharks can afford to keep him so now if you lose 30 goals from the lineup, your, your good buddy's gone. if you're Joe Thornton and Nashville's calling and Toronto's calling and all these teams, LA Kings are making a, a play on Joe Thornton that I think that'll be fascinating to watch. I'm putting you inside the,
0: the San Jose room. If you can only choose one, who do you choose?
1: Oh Joe.
0: Thor. Right, right, Jumbo center, Joe for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I, I always just default to the centerman anyways. Like if, if in these debates, right? Like right. If, if, if if two things are equal, I want the the big centerman.
0: He's just a guy that I don't think he's ever gotten full credit for how great a hockey player
1: yeah. he really is. You saw uh, during their run two years ago to the Cup final. Finally, people were like, "Oh, because he he got they got he got labeled a choker and all this stuff." And Bo- early on in his career, when he was playing hurt and it didn't go well in Boston, and they ran him out of town, and and all this guy has done is put up a Hall of Fame career. You look at his production in the playoffs. I mean, it's he was not the reason the Sharks weren't winning. Like that, I'm, I am not putting that on the shoulders of Joe Thornton. And I, I think there has been kind of this late career renaissance appreciation for Joe Thornton around the league.
0: One final question, Craig, before we uh, say sayonara. Uh... I'm looking at the Red Wings this coming season. Certainly there's going to be moves. They, let's say they add Trevor Daly. They get, a, uh, they get another defenseman, whether it's through trade or not. Uh, many of their high-end players last year, except for Henrik Zetterberg, Mantha kind of came through, but he was yeah. playing with Zetterberg, had bad years. They, yeah. the, you know, the team collectively had down years. Uh, do they rebound? Do you see them? Are they on the cusp of the playoffs? Or do you think that uh,
1: there's going to be some growing pains within the organization and on this team? I mean, if everything goes well and they address the defense, uh, the league is basically like two or three elite teams and everybody else, right? And it's almost kind of like the NFL, I would say, at this point, where you're, you may be bad one year and you're good the next and you're bad and you're good. and It's just the, it's the parody. It's the Gary Bettman salary cap parody. And so, yeah, I, I think there's going to be uh, the same. I, I like the, you know, the Penguins again. I think the Leafs are a rocket ship. Uh, the Oilers are going to be really good. You have these elite teams. And then uh, the Red Wings, if everything goes well, they're in that pack with everybody else. So I know it, that's not like I'm, not, well, you know, I'm right. not putting that on a marketing slogan, but <laughs> 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 middle of the pack. No.
0: Well, you know, my marketing slogan for the Lions has always been it doesn't matter. But the, for, but, for the <laughs> <laughs> but for the Red Wings, it's like, who knows?
1: Right, <laughs> yeah. right. It, but uh, you know, it, there's a lot would have to go right. I, I, I think the defense has to be addressed. But I think your point's a valid one in that there were so many down seasons last year that the power play is going to be better, right? The power play is going to is not going to be the worst in the league. And I, it was, it was, so, it was so puzzling watching it because you have guys like Vanek and Mike Green and there's skill out there, and I you couldn't quite figure out um, what went wrong. And actually, we've got a guy, Tyler Delo, is going to do a breakdown. I'm going to post it today or tomorrow on the Red Wings Power Play. You really dove into the numbers, really fascinating stuff. But I think that'll be better. Um, but is it, you know, teams in every city are saying those things right now,
0: right? Right. Every, you know, every every team has a chance. Uh, yeah. But,
1: the, but it's, re- I mean, that's really the reality of the NHL. Unless you're tearing it down and you're the Sabres and the Oilers and the Leafs of a couple of years ago or Colorado, um, you know, teams. It's, it's just parody. It's a parody filled league.
0: Yeah, it certainly is, and, uh, you know, it'll be a, a big day tomorrow and eager yeah. to see what happens. Uh, Craig Custance from uh, The Athletic Detroit, the editor-in-chief, thank you for doing this. I know yeah, you're busy, pleasure. but taking your time out, especially coming down to our the, the offices that Dana and I share here, which is beautiful. Uh, you know, you you, you, you really you, nice. I yeah. like what you did with the place. Right, right. Well, we do have a bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> so so you're more than welcome to uh, hang out all day, Craig. But well, uh, thank you. But thank you very much. We really appreciate it, and we'll be talking to you uh, down the road. And best of luck with the Athletic Detroit.
1: Thank you.